Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome to Whiskey and Whitetails, the show for those who hunt with passion and drink with a purpose. As always, we're your host. I'm Gus. I'm Matt. As always, thanks for your Patreon, for your lower support. Thank you to Waypoint Network for having us, and thank you for all the listening, subscribing, sharing, and all the awesome stuff you do to support us. This week, we are joined by a special guest, Lee Diaz, Director of E-Commerce with Reserve Bar. He's got all kinds of cool stuff to share with us about what they have going on over there, so stay tuned. live lee thank you for joining us yeah thanks for the invite we've been uh, going back and forth on a few emails here and um got some stuff in the works for the future and we're, i'm excited about it anyway yeah i mean there's a there's a package on its way for you right now so i'm i'm excited excited for you to open that one. Oh, i can't it's uh we we got a new uh office if you will so everything's being shipped there but it's in between where we both live so we might meet up and pop that package uh together awesome <laughs> or i might beat him to it and not share it at all <laughs> I, I mean, it's a smart idea. I'd, I'd do the same. So <laughs> I couldn't see what you sent me, um, but I did see your note about a a certain finish that we can't say. Yeah, uh, I, I pretty intentionally did not tell you what I'm sending you because I, I think when you receive a, a package like that, it's fun to have a nice surprise. And then especially if you're not familiar even with the, the whiskey or the distillery to have a really nice surprise and just kind of jump in. 100%. That's uh we. I love getting stuff in the mail. It's like my favorite part of doing all this, whether it's hunting gear or, or bourbon, but it's, uh, you don't know what's coming. It leads a little bit of anticipation. Like I need, I need to get there as soon as it, uh, it's the day it arrives. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, what do you sip it on this episode? Gus? Uh, I have one of your, uh, all time favorites. No, oh, nice. Oh, the old baker said, yeah, I bought all those when they went out of stock, when they stopped making it, I went to every liquor store. Just, I bought, like three cases of it. I, I had a few and that's the last one. I, that's the last one I have. I know it's spot in LA for you guys. Don't worry. Nice. How often uh, do you go to LA, Gus? 
Uh, almost never. <laughs> you might have to go for that. Though. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'll just I'll just keep having them at my house. It's fine. <laughs> what do you sip it on, Lee? Man, so I have a Hirsch uh, Gold Single Barrel. It's actually one of our our recent picks, um, and I just can't get enough of it right now. I think the the Hirsch release uh, Hirsch releases are are pretty incredible this year. Are they? I haven't had any from this year. I had the whatever the color and blue or whatever, and I had a single barrel yellow one last year. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. A lot of that's very sought after actually for those in the know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this year it's um, a two barrel blend, right? So they're doing a double double oak. So they're doing a blend into a, a finishing um, fresh American oak um, toasted barrel, and then next year. I'm probably giving something away for them, but next year there will actually be gold single barrels, um, which will be really fun. Nice. So I guess I didn't have a gold single barrel. Maybe I had a blue one. Either. I don't remember. <laughs> I thought I had a pick. It could have been a double barrel pick. I don't know. Now I'm curious. I have to go look. I'm drinking, uh, I'm also holding a single barrel, so that could have been the problem. So I got this one a while ago. This is from, this is dumped in 2020. <laughs> so, wow. So uh, it's been sitting on the shelf for a hot minute. So I'm a fresh crack of that one. So yeah, uh, we wanted to get on here and kind of talk about Reserve Bar. So I think most people have probably heard of Reserve Bar. Your clientele is gigantic anyway. Yeah, we've been having a great time just building out our network and, and the bottles that we offer. We uh, we were talking about the top flight and that's mainly, like you do a lot of stuff there, right? But I think the top, like your baby, your pet. Yeah, Top Flight's really, uh, I mean, it's been a pet project now for, for the past year. Um, and it was a way for us as Reserve Bar to be heavily focused on curation of single barrels. Um, I think for a long time we had rare and exceptional releases, but had not been very intentional about single barrel releases. And this was our way to, to really make that happen. So you've been doing picks for how long now? For just over a year. Okay. And how many have you done in a year? We just surpassed our hundredth pick, so I think we're at about one ten right now. Oh yeah, um, and we've been having fun with it. I mean, again, we, Reserve Bar had not previously been known for single barrel picks, right? And so, the biggest thing was to hit the ground running and really lean into um, some great partnerships that we have with some astounding brands. And so, uh, it's been fast and furious. Um, but with that, we've—I mean, it's remarkable what you can come up with when. You say, "Hey, can I can I jump into this mix?" One hundred percent. We loved going on picks, and it's uh, it depends on what who we're doing. If it's for a store, or a charity, or just going in there and doing something, but it's uh, being able to do that many. Does it ever get old? No, I think that part of it is just coming in with a certain level of inquisitiveness and just being like willing to just learn again and again um, the process. And the reality is. There's a unique story, a unique process, a unique selection behind every single pick. And so I think having that sense of everyone that we do is special um, makes it continually just a lot of fun, honestly, and just fun side conversations. And once you get to know people, it's just really great to continue to connect. So is your process with the picks kind of the same as anyone else's? You just apply and, and ask and then wait or, or do you have to go by a state minimum or, or how does that work? Yeah. So ours might be a little bit different than some because we 
reach such a large network. And for, for context, we essentially are a fourth tier on the three tier system. So we partner with over 4,000 retailers across the US. And so because of our, our existing partnerships with brands, that has opened a number of doors for us. And then I think because of the, the pace at which we've been running, um, a few additional doors have opened. So um, it might be uh, having conversations. I do a lot of pitching um, to brands as to why they should jump in with us early on in this process. Um, and then we take a lot of time to do custom photo shoots, tasting notes, social posting, emails, um, so that we do a lot of marketing that I think a lot of folks would not do for a single barrel. So you're essentially kind of like what a, like a, a whiskey club would be like on Facebook, except you're running it as a, as a real business. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense too. Cause uh, yeah, you, you are definitely kind of like the fourth tier on a three tier system. For those that don't know on a three for just for gigs, the uh, they have to be separated. Like you can't buy the distress a liquor store can't buy straight from a uh, distillery. They have to buy, through a distributor, which buys from the distillery, the distillery, the distributor can't own a liquor store. It's, it's all done on purpose. So basically you're getting it after it's already given to a liquor store and you're helping promote it and push it. Exactly. Perfect. Glad I understood it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So that's like, that, that's like, that's like two picks a week on average for a year, but based on what you just said, uh, yeah. are you involved in every single one of those? Do you have a, I assume, I would assume you have a team doing that or. No, I've been involved in all but four of them. Holy cow. Yeah. And, and and a lot of that is also creating consistency, right? Like yeah. I, I think that we do have a, a tasting panel within Reserve Bar um, and everyone's like WSET certified or has been a judge at, you know, um, like San Francisco World Spirit. So we, we have a, a group of people who really have distinguished palates, but also have very specific points of view as far as why we're picking what. Um, and so I think that helps in the process. And then frankly, in May we went, um, well, I guess, yeah, it was May, uh, the months are bleeding together, but in May we did, um, 15 distilleries within eight days and, and really just packed in a trip from a thousand mile trip from Atlanta to Louisville and everywhere in between, um, doing picks along the way. So got to meet the short barrel team for the first time. That was a, a a ton of fun, nice. um, getting to know some new brands and then getting to visit some, some old favorites. Like we did another, um, Elijah Craig barrel proof and an old fair, old Forester barrel proof. And so those are ones that I think everybody loves, but I mean, I love them so much. So let's just go back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. You can't get enough of those. Most liquor stores around here will just kind of do those main picks over and over again. You don't get to see a lot of the unique stuff that, that reserve bar is putting out. Yeah, absolutely. And you ship just like any, if you, if they ship to your state, you ship to that state. Exactly. And, and so we, you know, try to be, um, try to work within the bounds of just legal shipping. Right. So we leverage, uh, the ship to states of our retail partner. Um, and we don't go beyond that because we want to make sure that we're always on the up and up. So if you can't get a pick that we have, we're sorry, right? Like (laughs) there's nothing we can do about it, but we want to make sure that we, we continue to have a platform by which to do that. Yeah, there was a large company that recently got in a lot of trouble by not obeying those rules. Uh, so I can see the reason that you would want to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so of all the, um, just browsing the site, of all the picks that you've done, what would you say is your your favorite so far? Well, I think from an experience standpoint, um, the first time we did Woodford, um, I think that was just such a fun thing to do. 
um, cause we were actually greeted by Chris Morris, like at the door. Um, uh, Chris Morris is now the master distiller emeritus, um, but was previously master distiller there. And it was just such a fun time to walk around with him, hear his perspective, his approach to the selections and why he pulled what he pulled. Um, and then having us all agree was phenomenal. Um, and then the full opposite of that is like Garrison Brothers, where we went down mid Texas, mid summer Texas heat. They're having us like climb up and down, you know, this kind of mini Rick house to make our selection. And we get to take that all the way through uh, bottling, waxy, wax dipping, you know, verification. So like having this, there's so many unique experiences. It's just so fun to see how different everyone is. That sounds like a super long day to have to pick it and pull it and bottle it and wax it. Yeah, they make it fun. I mean, they put lunch in the middle. So you okay. just, sit, you know, you sit down, you have a good time with them. That's like a starlight. We went to starlight and did a pick and they uh, let you taste everything in the morning and you get up a nice buzz and they're like, anything you want in the kitchen, it's all oh, free. It's okay, so you go awesome. and you eat. Have you, have you been there? I've been there, but I haven't done a pick there yet. You got to do one and, and make sure you, when you eat, make sure you get the pizza. Okay. The pizza is fantastic. Pro tip, pro tip right there. <laughs> That's probably the only one I can give you. So what's next on the, how many do you have right now? I'm looking. So I think right now there's approximately 30 picks um, that are available. Um, our next, uh, I actually, I, I pulled one speaking of short barrel. So um, during that pick, we did this great um, Ruby port finished whiskey. So this is the sample I got to leave with, but it is just an amazing pour that has your classic whiskey notes, but is syrupy and just, you know, just bleeds that port. And so it was such a wonderfully balanced um, pour. It's probably like my next uh, cigar sipping whiskey because, you know, I love having kind of a sweet whiskey with my cigar because you get kind of the toastiness from your cigar, but you balance that out with uh something like this um, on a rock and it's perfect. Yeah. We are also cigar smokers. And I think uh, one of my favorites was the old bell need, the Madeira cask. Oh yeah. So good. I was so sad when they stopped making it. <laughs> so yeah, you've got, let's see, you've got all kinds of stuff up here. Uh, it looks like you guys do a lot with barrel. Yeah. So that, our, uh, our first main partner was barrel. And so we started with kind of your core picks and they came back with us with some great uh, finished whiskeys. I mean, I'm always excited about what they're putting out. I think they're now like core releases are just a lot of fun. But what you see in um, single barrel finishes, uh, it, I mean, they're kind of doing a little bit of everything. They may be doing a little too much um, now because there's just so much out there, but it's it's awesome. I think our, our PX Sherry Cask finish is, is awesome there. And then that Isla cask is is something truly unique. It's taking your bourbon and then giving it like those classic kind of toast, like uh, barbecue notes on that finish, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, you get a lot of that hickory kind of smoke out of it. Yeah, totally. One of my favorite, oh, well, one of my favorite ever picks was a, was a, a barrel pick that we got from Justin's house of bourbon, that Cinnabon. And uh, I think you, oh, yeah. I, I have, that was almost three years ago now. I think I have, I still have maybe four pours left worth in that bottle. Oh, wow. I've been nursing that for a long time, but it it is when, when they named it Cinnabomb, I don't know that there's really would have been a better 
name for it other than maybe big red gum because it it it, it, it tastes like so I if someone poured it to me and we're like you know this is a you know I don't know this is a, a fancier version of uh, a fireball uh, or maybe just fireball I I, I might have believed them one because I don't drink it and so. Uh, yeah. But it is that it, the, the sentiment on that on on that pour was so strong, uh, it was so good though, real good stuff. That's awesome. Speaking of fancy bottles of Fireball, we were uh, discussing that last week too. We were, yeah. I was not lucky enough to get one. Um, yeah. Or do you call that lucky? I don't know, but uh, I I want to try it absolutely. I think you know, for those that don't know, I mean, Fireball is a Sazerac brand, right? So you know, it's yep. being produced with quality in mind. Now, of course they have a consumer in mind as well, but I mean, it's a, it's a quality brand. Yeah. It definitely comes from a parent company that uh, most people would want to get stuff from the, I would assume that it's mostly like neutral grain spirits. I don't know if it's truly whiskey, just it's below the percentage that's required for it to be whiskey. So it's it's definitely not, but um, yeah, the grand dragon or whatever it was called. Is that right? I don't, I don't know if grand dragon's the right, isn't that the clan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's probably not. But they Dragon Reserve. Yeah, that Dragon was, Reserve. Probably not it. <laughs> yeah. So the Dragon Reserve. Uh, for those who don't know, it was it, it was an aged um, fireball? But yeah, it's it was crazy because it had like the starting prices of 1999. But I know we'll never see it at that. Yeah. Or at all. At all. Yeah. If at yeah. all. Well, if I get some, I'll send you a. Uh, I'll send you a sample. Great. Vice versa. I'll let you know. <laughs> Nice. Perfect. Cool. Deals well, being made here. Deals being made. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we already, I, I think I already knew that you were going to get some if I found some. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great, uh, a good, uh, like I was going to treat it all fancy and um, we have a friend that he's got access to a jet and we were going to make like a big fancy reel of us getting on this, you know, private jet and then just add fake jet noises like it was yeah. running. <laughs> Drinking from like a champagne glass on the jet. Oh, that's a good idea. That's great. hundred percent. Yeah. That'll work. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Cool. All right. I think for us, a lot of it, you know, moving forward is, is collaborations and, and really working with brands to identify like what is going to be unique in the industry. Um, And so we recently quietly launched and, and we'll have some, some, PR around it, but um, we've partnered with the Tasting Alliance to essentially do a quarterly single barrel release of a multi-award winning brand. And so we launched that um, first with Laws um, out of Denver, Colorado, Um, and actually launching later this week um, will be a rabbit hole single barrel um, exclusively picked by judges from San Francisco World Spirits. So um, we're really trying to identify not only award-winning brands, but also quality picks that represent those brands well. That's awesome. That's awesome. How do you uh, how do you get around to coming in contact with those people? Is it just networking on your end? Yeah. So I personally have been a judge now for San Francisco twice, um, and New York World Spirits twice, and soon to be three times when it um, occurs in August. Um, so a lot of it is continuing to network and just keep connected with. Um, people that are in the front end of the industry um, in that way. And then having, you know, uh, actually a progressing partnership with Tasting Alliance and Reserve Bar and just thinking about creatively what can we do to expand, you know, that partnership in the the ways that we can really help shape and inform 
um, the spirits industry. So what's your history and all this? Like, how did you, how did you get involved? Like from the beginning? Cause I know you've got a, it's, it's not a short one, right? Yeah. So I've actually only been involved in spirits, um, for, for two and a half years professionally. Um, I've been in the marketing space now for, um, about 14 years. And so I've moved, um, through some really fun brands. So started with AT&T, Hilton, um, the hotel brand, Fender Guitars, and now Reserve Bar. Um, and But I like to tell people I've actually been drinking high-end spirits in a, since I turned 21. Um, and that was just because of the community I kept at home. And so I've really been able to develop um, a sense of you know what I'm looking for. And so Reserve Bar was nice enough to, or willing to give me that opportunity to kind of express that through a single barrel program. And I think we've had some really incredible picks. In fact, um, our rare character, Jakira pick just became um, double gold winning um, for finished whiskeys and best in class. And so I, I think we're picking some fun things. Hopefully we can amass a few more awards in that way. That's pretty cool. That's quite a, uh, quite a, a resume of <clears throat> industries to work in. What the first thing that came when you said Fender, uh, I was curious what what kind of crossover do you see or have you seen or noticed maybe um, in the clientele in those two spaces, right? Because people who play guitar, you know, are generally very specific about what they like and don't like, and very totally. picky about certain things. And you, you find the same thing in the spirits world. Yeah, I think that um, there is just such a natural connection between spirits and music, right? Like, I think you can have a few hours of conversation about like what, uh, what artists love, what brands and why. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's, it's knowing, um, who loves what and, and the why behind that for me. And we were talking about partnerships for single barrel. I'm actually actively having conversations with, uh, musicians I met, um, during my time at Fender to do collaborative barrel picks. And so how do we create or how do we select expressions or releases that are really in line with what the person loves, but also in line, hopefully with the music that they create and tell this parallel story. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Matt and I are both music. We both love music. We're, we're both uh, one of those strange folks that when we say we will listen to anything, literally mean I'll listen. I listen to everything. Like I, at any given day, it could be, metal I, I see your my chemical romance poster there yeah, it could be them. you know jazz blues I'm, my family is cajun i listen to cajun music anything like i, lo I just love music um so yeah I, I totally get it yeah the only collection bigger than my bottle collection here at my house is my record collection so <laughs> nice yeah very nice sounds like we need to make a trip to texas it yeah, sounds sure. like it yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> did we just become best friends <laughs> <laughs> i hope so i hope so <laughs> That's what I look for in every relationship to be, to be best friends. I don't, I don't want like mediocre friends. I agree. He's got time for that. <laughs> yeah. No, I need, I don't have any records, but I do have a, uh, I still have all my iPads, iPods somewhere that have all that stuff on it. And I think yeah. I have a lot of it like saved. I wish I had gotten into records. That's one thing I never, it's like, I need another hobby. Like I need a hole in the head, but yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I definitely like it. But yeah, I listen to like the pool day this weekend. We're listening to iration and then, on the drive to work, I'm listening. I'm listening to heavy metal. I mean, it just hits all over the place. I absolutely love music. So, when you do, are you picking guys that are like well-known, one-name artists? Or are you working with bands, or what are you trying to do? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of everything right now. Um, I think also talking to to kind of artists and and friends 
to see who's into what. Like I don't need I don't need to leverage a big name to uh to sell a you know to sell some bottles. I think having a conversation and and just be truly aligned with with the work um and and what people love. Like if if you love the whiskey and, and I've taken friends to single barrel selections because I had like an open spot. Somebody got sick. Why not invite a friend to have a once in a lifetime experience? And to see people's eyes light up, the same thing happens with artists when they get that opportunity, right? And so why don't we create these conversations, allow for that really clear alignment to come together and, and have some fun doing it? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's one thing I notice when we do picks. It's like the people that don't know anything about whiskey seem to have more fun. And then when you bring somebody that's like a whatever you want to call them, they're, they're all like mm. – yeah, I know. I'm aware. It's like, dude, just have fun. Pretend like you don't know anything. That's the best way to do it. Well, and that gets back to it, like approaching everything with like this level of of curiosity, being inquisitive, right? Like, have fun with it. If they say, hey, you can climb, climb those barrels and you know, drill out, you know, uh, the hole to get your sample or whatever. You, like, just go do it and and enjoy that that experience. And and that's a part of now that story of that selection and and really a part of your relationship with that brand. And, and I look back on some of those selections and just really am in awe of what we've been able to experience. So when you do these picks, are you bringing like a store owner and whoever they want to bring, or is it just anybody? Yeah. So usually it will be, um, again, uh, uh, at least one, well, at least two or three, if we can, um, people from reserve bar or related to reserve bar. And so they may be even media partners, they may be judges that we've connected to over time. Um, just making sure that we essentially verify the selection um, by more than one palette. So I, I really don't want there to be a selection where it's just me. Now, sometimes when you get those like uh, selections by mail, it will end up being just you. But I do like to push on the brands to send, if they're going to do selection by mail, send out at least two samples so that we can have a conversation. So there can be, a level of discernment that hopefully pays off in the end when somebody gets to enjoy, you know, that first pour. What do you do when there's like nine barrels and you're all, all over the place? Luckily we haven't ever been all over the place, but generally if they give you nine barrels they they probably want you to take two anyways. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I find that like if somebody puts out more than six samples, they want you to ask if you can take more than one. Um, so that, that's a nice thing to kind of, you know, have in your back pocket. But I think we as a team collectively are, are pretty well aligned on, on what we're selecting. And funny enough, sometimes it could be like, we wanted the really weird one. And we, we picked that one brand where we, we agreed, we wanted that really unique pick. And, uh, luckily it works out pretty well. Usually the variation is, is pretty small. I think the hardest one that we've had so far is doing that, that maker's mark private selection and getting down to those 10 staves. Like that was probably the hardest discussion of like, Oh, remove this, add this versus here's your three, four five barrels. Select one of these. Yeah. No, I want you to put one more French oak in there and yeah. No. Yeah. That sounds very, that. very overwhelming. Get the cuvee in there, man. Just <laughs> drop it in. Yeah. I'm still I'm still mad that they got rid of Mocha, but that's a different conversation. I, do, do they tell you why? 
No, I don't. I don't don't know know either. Yeah. I think it was too popular and they named it too early. Like if they had made it a different name, no, like people wouldn't have been stuck on Mocha as a name. And so I think people just came in and built like, oh, I need more Mocha. Yeah. Should have called it cotton. Yeah. I don't need cotton in here. I'll dry it out. That's funny. All right. The, uh, the experience thing you were talking about, I keep thinking about all the work you said that went into the Garrison Brothers pick versus some of the other ones you've done. And it's like I I was thinking about, you know, if if I walk up to my bar and I'm looking at at bottles I want to pour, bottles that I'm proud of, I'm going to be way more proud of that Garrison Brothers bottle, you know, that I climbed, you know, ricks to get to to barrels and then I I took it through the whole process. I think that's, uh, I think that kind of process sounds like a lot of fun. It's not like, like Matt said, it sounds exhausting, like a long day, but it sounds like it would be a really, like a really proud bottle to take home, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, just every, every place has a story like that. And, and I think the gap is that, you know, with single barrels, sometimes becoming a little bit over commoditized, you miss out on the story behind that selection. Um, Hopefully with the use of our, our site, we can, tell a little bit more of that story. Hopefully people read that. They probably don't, but if they do, they get a sense of like, Oh, we, we kind of went through this journey to make this pick. Um, and I think that's part of it is just knowing people are very intentional about making those moves. Yeah, That's a huge part of the picks too. Cause a lot of times people will go on picks and just pick what tastes good to them. And they don't really consider that you may have a weird palate or what you should be. Do you ever do that? Do you pick based on, it's uniqueness or do you pick more on we think people will like this other than just I like it or it's a little bit of both it's a full range I think that um, I don't want to pick things that are just things that I would like um, because I think there's there are there is a very diverse array of, of interest right around you know tasting notes and experience I think for us it's when we make a selection being able to speak to why we made that selection so hey this is very different from what you're normally going to get with, you know, the, uh, the entry level skew. And the reason why we picked it is because it's so different or, Oh man, it had this standout note that is so unique. We wanted to have that standout note because, you know, I've had X number of other barrels and these were all great, but they were just too in line with what the brand was. Did you go to the pick at Limehouse or at, uh, uh, Yellowstone? Limestone. Yeah, the pick at Yellowstone was great. Did you meet Steven? Mm-hmm. He's a character. Yeah, so, I mean, that pick is also another unique one in that they give you three different barrels. Wait, it was four different barrels at three different proofs. And so you're not only thinking about the tasting notes, you're taught, you're really thinking through what do I enjoy at what proof. And so it's a it's a beautifully curated uh, selection because you're not only thinking about which of these four barrels do I love, but which barrel at what proof. And so we didn't pick the highest proof because that was like where it gave us just a, a perfect pour. Right. So. Yeah. We did uh when we did ours, was, the higher proof ones to me, just had a lot of ethanol in them. And I know yeah. people, there's proof hounds out there, just like there's age hounds, but um, it was, we, we all kind of were, we weren't, none of us, there's only, it was me and one of the, we, at the end of the day, we all ended up selecting the same barrel, but like don't working through it. It was uh there were some back and forth. Some try this one, try that one. 
And we ended up going with actually one of the lower proof ones, which cool. is, I don't know, people may not like that or not, but uh, to me, it tasted like uh, a good whiskey that anybody could drink and sit down. You didn't have to really add any water to it, and it didn't burn your nose out when you smelled it. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. I think that's actually what Yellowstone does, right? Like, I think they've hit that very kind of happy medium in bourbon where, like, I know any Yellowstone, you know, bottle I pick up is going to be just like kind of a perfect pour. Um, anybody can enjoy it. And so I think there's a, there's a fine range in there. Were there any, you said the top end, but were there any where you're like, Oh, this is out. Like I pick number one at the highest proof is completely out immediately. Not really. I mean, there was, there was like one or two that to me just were over just, you know, they just smell like ethanol. They just smell like straight, mm. like, you know, alcohol. I just, I wasn't, uh, but as far as flavor, no, they all had they all had pretty much the same flavor, and all of it was really good. Um, it's crazy what they can do on a pot still, and it's yeah. crazy how much they can put out of that pot still. Like yeah, a lot of places you go to, and they got column stills running all the time, and these guys are putting out a lot of product through through that little still. Yeah, for sure. Assuming they make it all, who, who knows? Yeah, but I think Bardstown probably makes a lot of other people's stuff. They, maybe they, I don't know. I have no idea. Do you know? More than I know. No. Oh. <laughs> awesome. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was, uh, well, do you hunt at all? Man, I've been trying to convince friends to take me hunting. So I only, I only benefit from the out, the outcomes of their hunting. So I have a, I have a buddy, I call him like the man's man in Dallas where like he goes bow hunting in the middle of Colorado and comes out with like a giant, like, deer on his back, like mud on his face, everything. Right. So whenever he comes back from hunting, I get that summer sausage and those, those cuts. Uh, but I haven't been myself. I, I grew up in California, so it was mostly like surfing and, and, uh, playing guitar. That was pretty much it. So would you want to go hunting? I'm in. Do you want to do like day. straight to the fire? Cause we're planning a, uh, like a Patreon getaway Sweet. with, uh, It'll be kind of small, but it'll be camping in the woods for like three days and hunting and eating whatever we bring. I'm in. Whiskey. Yeah. Perfect. I'm going to write there, a note. If there's that. a spot, I'm in for sure. Oh, there's a spot. It's a national forest. You're going to have to get a hunting license for North. We're doing it in North Carolina. So, right. I'm going to make a note of that to add you to the list. Yeah. There'll be no shortage of people there that are uh, willing to help. Uh, Is it take somebody hunting for sure? Is it BYOB? Bring your own bottles. I'll bring it to you. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's going to be, uh, I'm hoping that we all kill pretty early and we just spend the next two days drinking and eating, but <laughs> you never know. That's always the, that's always the goal, but you kind of yeah. want to, you kind of want to enjoy hunting too. You know, it's like, uh, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, I don't know, your words escaping me. A, a conundrum. A conundrum. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's like when you go out go out west, like you were talking about your buddy there, to, to take a week and hunt in the backcountry of Colorado, and you have a beautiful bull elk the first day, but you got a week to be out there. You just got started, mm -hmm. right? And you're having a good time. Do you want to? Do you really want to stop now? But also, like, 
you don't you may not ever get this chance again so totally <laughs> yeah it's tough wow, it's tough awesome. and then you could do what we did and go to elk hunting and spend six days in the woods and kill absolutely nothing not nothing, oh, no. <laughs> kill, nothing but time and money yeah we killed a grouse which was delicious but other than that <laughs> we talk about doing it again that's one thing we've learned about hunting is like if if you don't make it happen it just doesn't happen it's like totally yeah it's never gonna like a barrel pick i feel like it's easier for me to go on a barrel pick than it is for me to go on a hunting trip sometimes well these days for sure mm-hmm. hunting fishing i mean if you don't plan around it and just just do it it's not gonna happen the other thing too about doing a barrel pick is it'd be pretty sick to do like a veterans day thing where you go out into a, like somewhere we have a camp hero, Kentucky. So they have veterans out there. They're all into bourbon, do a pick with them. So it's a charity pick. It would be, but then do like a, a hunt paired with wow. a barrel pick. That would be pretty sick. Yeah. That's something to think about. I'm going to write that down too. Yeah. Write that, yeah, write yeah. that down. Write we, that can, down. we can make that happen. Yeah. That would be awesome. Called a picking a hunt instead of a picnic. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, we're going to take you, uh, we're going to try and get you into a, into some kind of hunting scenario. How about fishing? Do you like to fish? Love the fish. How about turkey hunting? I have never been turkey hunting, but I'm down to learn. I mean, well, do, another I, one? do I just run around with a knife and try to find a turkey? Sure. But, uh, no, no, I mean, you can, <laughs> they're, they're faster than you. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, Texas has Texas has all kinds of stuff to hunt. You can hunt stuff there that we can, you know, we can we can only dream of hunting unless we go to Texas. So uh, I, I just haven't made the right friends. <laughs> yeah, well, look no further, feller. You found us. <laughs> we'll get in touch with yeah. uh, with uh, Triple Drop and 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 make a thing out of it. We got some ranch friends down there that have some ranches and and they're um, closed fence, but they're not they're big enough. Close. I mean, they're like counties and counties wide so it's oh, not sure. like it's not like a hundred acre closed fence it's you know how much does triple root drop have do you remember i don't remember i'm not even sure that i'm not sure they are uh high fence though i think they're i think they're obviously a fence but I, I don't remember i don't have to go back and look but um yeah, maybe not they are yeah they have a they have a really cool program going on there and uh they're located in between like corpus christi and houston i think something like that but um just a few hour drive. Yeah. Easy. yeah. Everything's a few hour drive in Texas. We'd have to fly into Houston and ride down with you. I don't think you can fly into where they're at, but yeah, we should write that down too. All kinds of stuff we can do together. I got, I got tons of family in Houston. We can fly in and hang out for a, yeah, true. we're yep. just flying to Dallas. We can drink for a few days. Then we'll drive to, there you go. That oh, e- that's even better plan. Like plan. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing with getting rid of the studio. We got we, we'll have a little bit of spending money now for yep, some trips. That was the whole so. purpose of it. <clears throat> yeah, we miss doing trips. We used to do it a lot, and then in the last two years, it's just the company's been killer. And um, you know, we've kind of realigned some stuff, and and it's like, what's important? What do we want to do here? Mm-hmm. And um, getting rid of some things and starting some other ventures. And I think we've got to figure it out now for the most part. But it's, it's definitely freed up a lot of time. We should be able to get some hunts done this year. Um, I'll let you know. I don't know when the Patreon hunt's going to be. It's going to be once it cools down some. But other than that, I think that we could probably set something up in Texas too because there's all kinds of stuff down there, and that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely wait till it cools down here. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I have no interest in uh, hunting or fishing in that kind of weather. I actually saw it in the news in South Carolina that Texas had a massive heat wave today. Yeah, I feel Should it. Should be outside? No, I'm not going outside. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Perfect. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's definitely different from uh, California weather. Mm-hmm. How long did you live there your whole life? Lived in California up until uh, 25. And then you moved to Texas? Then I moved, uh, well, actually Chicago, then Texas, San Francisco, back to Texas, back to L.A., back to Texas. So, wow. yeah. I guess you could say those are the two places you like to live. I mean, you, you, by now, it was like, I have to buy a house in Texas because clearly I love coming back to Texas. Makes sense. Yeah. I like Texas. Hey, and, and the uh, whiskey trail here in Texas is just growing like astronomically. So the number of, of distilleries out here is just huge. So with someone in there and in the weeds on it, give us like the rundown of, because we hear stuff like some people like Garrison Brothers, some people don't. And, and I mean, there's tons of stuff down there. Give us a rundown of what all there is and what your favorite is and uh, anything we think we should know before we try planning trips there. Yeah, I think that um, what I love about Texas whiskey is clearly like the heat that we're experiencing right now, right? So it, it really does shorten the overall kind of aging experience when you look at the output for like the, the color of whiskey and really the flavor profile. Now, anything that's young still tastes young, but I think that when you know it within the context of uh, the environment and then also the water that's being used, um, there's a a unique flavor profile that you get to know within Texas whiskey. And so I I think Balcones does this incredibly well with their like single malt, for instance, because Texas sits, instead of limestone in Kentucky, sits on the Red River. Red River is very silty, silty mud, right? It's a Red River. Um, no matter how many times you filter that out, it doesn't come out completely, but there's a, a certain depth, uh, and flavor profile that, that silt actually gives things like a, a, an American single malt. And so it, it actually adds depth and, um, a really good finish to your whiskey. And so once you know that profile, you kind of get it everywhere. Um, but that's actually why I love Texas whiskey. It actually makes sense because I know that there is a, um, a whole different profile that you get out of some of that stuff. It's from Texas, and I never thought about the siltiness of it, but that makes sense. Is there a uh, is there a distillery or producer down there in in Texas that's maybe newer or, or smaller that you kind of had your eye on? Um, wow. Uh, I actually just went to. Um, gosh, who was it? Um, we actually have one right down the street, so uh, we have. Uh, Lockwood, which has been really fun. I think it's, we're seeing a lot of just startup distilleries kind of come up. Yeah. Um, and so it's been really fun seeing what, what they're producing. Um, some of my, the smaller distilleries are ones that I love for like, like cocktail um, whiskeys. Right. Um, and then as they grow up, I can't wait to see what they do. Um, and so I'm, I'm still trying to explore as much as possible because since the last time I lived here, which was before COVID and now, I think there's probably at least five times as many distilleries. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. If you had to pick a favorite. Uh, right now, I mean, I'm loving what's coming out of Still Austin. Um, I think they are they are creating some really great um, releases, and they're starting to play with, like, distillery-only releases, um, which can become a lot of fun. I was, I've been seeing them pop up a lot. A lot of people are going there doing stuff. Um, have you been there before? Yeah, they're they're a fun crew for sure. They it also have like just, just great bar down there, and then they because they're tapped into Austin, they have a lot of like live music, um, food down there. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a perfect afternoon. 
Did Joe Rogan ruin Austin or make it better? Wait, what? Did Joe Rogan ruin Austin or make it better? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's either, I've heard that he made it worse, but I, I also heard that he made it better. So I've always wondered. I'm going to have to go. I have a, we have a friend that, um, I won't say his name, so it won't matter. We have a friend that is a Navy SEAL, and he actually is on their, on Joe Rogan's bodyguard deal. And he just moved down there, and he absolutely loves it there. Wow. I want to go visit him. I want to go to his new, uh, his new comedy club. Same. Yeah. It looks, I looked at tickets the other day and it's like, it seems to be sold out pretty uh, far in advance. Like as soon as it goes up, it sells out. Oh, I'm sure it is. Cause it's at, at any given time, anybody pops in that place. So you buy tickets, you have no idea who's going to show up that night. Especially if it's a Joe Rogan night. He brings up like all the heavy like hitters. Ch- Chappelle shows up, like all kinds of people just show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested in There's some, so we, I talk about moving back to Texas a lot. Uh, I don't know if got, have you ever been interested in it? Moving back to Texas? Yeah. yeah, I've thought about it. I've thought it would end up being probably outside of Houston somewhere just because that's where I have family closer and maybe even in between Houston and Lake Charles um, just because that's where I have family. But, I mean, yeah, I've certainly thought about it. I've thought about it a lot, but I would probably drop down to West Texas. Have you ever been down there? I've driven through it. I'll talk to Lee. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, uh, so I lived in San Antonio for a few months. Um, and man, San Antonio is just blowing up like that space has just, in, just a huge number of, uh, both distilleries and now breweries. Um, I think they have some different cultural centers, love, uh, minor league baseball when you can get out to a game for like six bucks and just have a good time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think San Antonio is like a really great, like best kept secret, now starting to blow up a little bit because Austin's a little too big for itself, but um, I love getting down there. There was a town outside of San Antonio. I think it's Georgetown. I've been there a few times, but I like I like that area. And then we have we have podcast friends in Corpus Christi. Shout out to Booze Podcast. We've had them on before. Um, there's just a lot in Texas that appeals to me as opposed to. I mean, I've lived in the South pretty much my whole life, but I like the heat. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you'd like the heat right now, but <laughs> I think I would. I think I'd be. I'd be all right. Beats the snow in Maryland. Yeah, I don't ever want to go back to Maryland. I was stationed in Maryland for a while, and uh, <laughs> I met some really cool people there. I will say that, but it, it wasn't a highlight of my uh, existence on this planet. There was another one I wanted. Uh, Jefferson. So you guys did an Oceans cast. Yeah. So we just released a Jefferson's Ocean single barrel. Did you go there for that or they sent it to you? That one they sent to us to taste. Um, we do have two other uh, Jeffersons up. So the Pritchard Hill and the the Double Oak. So those two, we did go to Jefferson's. And if you've seen the news, like they have a big plan to build an actual, like a giant distillery space and hosting space. When we went, you would miss the street when you got there and then you would pass right by it. Uh, when you, when you were passing by the area, like it is very indescript, but a really fun spot, fun spot to hang out in. That's what I've heard that it's uh it's really small. And then it's kind of like Penelope was, or it's just like, they have everything in a Connex box kind of, and you come in there and tape it, taste it. And it's, it's like, here you go. But do you like historically, have you been a friend of Jefferson's fan? His, historically I have enjoyed Jefferson's. I think our, our Pritchard Hill pick is phenomenal. And then this this oceans pick is actually a lot of fun. I have really enjoyed kind of the 
the notion of oceans, right? Like the, the idea of like, Hey, this barrel, you know, going everywhere. It seems, it feels a little bit gimmicky, but it's also really fun to kind of think about, uh, just what you can do with whiskey, right? Like it kind of feels gimmicky, but also like, yeah, just go put whiskey on a boat and see what happens. Like there's something fun with that, that I, I've now pitched multiple distilleries, other ideas of like, what if you could put whiskey on the base of a national landmark and just have it sit there for, you know, like what, what's, what is the next kind of fun, unique thing to do? Um, I think it's a great thing to pitch because it's the, a lot of the times the stories are made up and don't make any sense for a lot of these distilleries. Yeah. So if you can actually put a story into what's in that bottle outside of, Oh, well, you know, this guy used to be a preacher or whatever Elijah Craig says, but uh, I always find it fascinating, the ocean story. Now there's a lot of people that you meet that like it, but it seems as, as people get into whiskey, they do kind of look at it to be a little gimmicky. Yeah, I, totally. I mean, I, I think it's a fun story that that barrels traveled more than I have. So <laughs> for sure. it, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool to put one underneath um, uh, where Francis Scott Key wrote the national anthem just because of the story that goes along with that in whiskey. But uh, what was that? For? It's in, it's in Maryland. I've been to it. Uh, I don't remember. Whatever. I don't either. It'd be cool yeah, to put we, it there. We, we've talked about tour buses for, for artists getting back to that. We've talked about, could we do like the world's highest barrel selection? So like actually helicopter barrels up to some random peak and do a selection up there. Like, crazy stuff. But, um, you know, I think some of those conversations become a realistic idea. Like you start in this crazy place and then it becomes a thing. I would have loved being in that, in that room when some dude was like, Hey guys, I got this idea. And it wasn't some dude, it was, it was their owner. Right. But Hey, I got this idea. What if we put this on a boat and you see what happens? And it's, I mean, the output was awesome. I always wondered if it was, hey, we're running out of room, but there's this barge sitting over here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I always thought it kind of probably started as. And they were like, let's make up something cool that's not that. I know a guy with a boat. Let's just put it on there. Right. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he needs, instead of uh, filling ballast with rocks, he said we could put whiskey barrels down there. (laughs) It works. It works. Yeah. If we were still in Afghanistan, I'd say let's, uh, let's run up a convoy and do a barrel pick and, (laughs) <laughs> in some valley out there. It takes usually some, got a couple hours before you're in trouble. So take some stuff out to a remote uh, set up base camp somewhere in, in the back country for a hunt and bring some, some stuff to do a pick and uh, call it the hunter's choice or hunter's pick or something like that. I think you just named our pick. We were, yeah. I mean, that was perfect. Hunter's pick, hunter's Good choice. Job. I like hunter's choice. That's great. Yeah. Great job. Or sportsman, sportsman's choice, something like that. Figure it out. Yeah. Right. Like Hunter. Hunter's choice, and we could have like a like picked in the whatever. I think we're going to the Pisgah National Forest. You could be like Hunter's choice picked in the Pisgah National Forest in North Carolina, and blah, blah blah. While on a three day hunt trip, you know that's how the wild turkey got their name. Yeah. And if we do it again, we just do a different place and make it a different pick, a different a different location. Hmm. Yeah, I'm down with that. It's gonna have to trademark idea. that one. Hunter's choice trademark. Yeah, yeah. that's expensive. I'll do. We just got done with one. <laughs> we just got done with two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one thing we didn't know about business is uh administrative you have a good idea good lord it's gonna cost you a lot of money to make sure nobody steals your idea seems like every time i turn around we get a a letter from a lawyer about something we've had to send we uh, we've had to send like uh ndas like our lawyer will just find out it's not 
I mean, we're not scouring the internet, but people will use the name whiskey and whitetails and throw it up on something. And then our lawyer will be like, just so you know, I sent these guys a thing. And then, you know, they get all mad, talk shit about us, but it's not, it's not even me. Also, I, we paid for the name, you know, it's, you know, you have to protect what you own. Yeah. We felt bad about it at first. It kind of felt like you're being a, a dick, but then, you know, after a while, it's like, you know, we put a lot of time and money into coming up with this name and this and the brand and the idea behind it. And so, yeah. How about you, uh, screw off with using my name? <laughs> I mean, they get, they, everybody gets mad for a little bit and then they move on, you know, and it, it's, it's a piece of paper gets dropped in the mail and you know, it's all over with. So. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> hey, cease so, and desist are fun. They yeah. can be fun. Yeah, sure. They suck. <laughs> I hate having to do it. <laughs> You guys have to deal with that too. Oh, I have no idea. No, yeah. from a from a business perspective, that's someone yeah. else. So <laughs> you're just hired to have fun. Yeah, you're so lucky. You know how many people are listening to this? Like, mm, how do you? Hey, are you guys hiring? How do I get this job? Yeah, I mean, love whiskey. Call me. We'll figure it out. You hear that? Check. Put and us check. down as a reference. <laughs> <laughs> this guy told me I could just call him. Why? Why yeah. is it not working out? I'll put your phone number in the bio. The <laughs> he said, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, you'd have to change your number before the end of the week. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> now we do that to you. <clears throat> awesome. All right. What else we got? Let's see. I know we had some stuff that we were going to. I don't remember. I know I want to buy this Freeland Spirits cast strength I, just because I like the bottle. Looks like a giant teardrop. Oh, I mean, Freeland, come on. I mean, they are such a, like, well-kept secret. If you don't know Freeland, I mean, we only have that single barrel on our site. Go to their site. I love what they're doing. Uh, Women owned and operated, just really fun people to talk to. Okay, cool. And, yeah, I mean, if we don't have it, go get them, right? Like, I think maybe other people won't say this. If we don't have it, still buy something on our site. But if we don't have it, just... If you love it, go get it and support up and coming distilleries. I think we have had their gin. Yeah, I just saw the oh, the gin yeah. bottle and now it clicked where I've seen the bottle before. I have had the yeah, gin before. Awesome. Is the did you go there for the pick or they sent it to you? No, they sent it to us. Are they sourcing? I think at this point they are not. Nice. Um yeah, the the tough part is when you when you have one off locations, not one off distilleries, but one off locations. It's tough to be like, Hey guys, I need to leave for three days so I can go up, you know, to, to Portland and go try this thing. Right. So I think it's a little bit easier for us when we're doing a selection. That's why I put 15 distilleries in eight days or nine days is because it's a little bit easier to say, Hey, I'm going to be gone for this grouping of days. Um, when it's one off, it's it's a little bit tougher of a conversation for us. Yeah, it actually makes sense because it's going to cost you a lot more money to fly over there than it's probably worth. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what was the other one I wanted to? Oh, the um, where was it? It wasn't the Patron one. Oh, the Don Julio. <laughs> Tell me about that because I got a friend that absolutely loves Don Julio, and I might buy that as a gift. Yeah, so, I mean, I would go as far to say as uh, single barrel selections. I mean, think about every other spirit category and how unique those selections can get within that category, right? And so we we now have actually a, a good handful of, of single barrel tequila selections, most, well, repos and añejos. 
And it's, it's really because you can look at your core skew and then you can have a single barrel that is completely different um, from that core. And I think that when you're hosting folks, actually, if you're looking at trying to do a distinctive single barrel, that's maybe three, four, five dollars more than the regular skew. That's tequila right now. Wow. Like those skews are not very far off. Whereas in in whiskey and bourbon, like though that the dollars and cents is a little bit farther off, oftentimes, right? And so, I mean, if you're building a back bar and you want to have something unique, I would just only be doing single barrel tequilas because if I'm mixing with it, I'm doing my my reposado old fashioned. You know, I'm doing um, even kind of your repo um, mules and things like that, like give it a little bit more of a profile, great flavor, but very distinct. And then you know that if they want to have that neat, I mean, it's a perfect pour. And that one's a good one too. Oh, it's a great one too. Although I will say <clears throat> my favorite right now is tequila trumba. So um, they are just kind of in my eyes doing everything right. Um and just being like 100% kind of all natural, no additives, you know it from beginning to end. Um, their repo is an incredible, like it's a secret on our site, like it is incredible. And we loved it so much uh, that our president bought like 10 bottles for gifts and we just signed on to do an Añejo for, uh, for probably November, December. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, a lot of the bourbon stuff has been getting way overtaken and it yeah. seems like uh the whiskey the tequila stuff's really starting to pop and i know the last quarter tequila actually outsold whiskey in some markets so it's um we've been telling everybody that maybe the bourbon booms over maybe we'll start to be able to see stuff again like we could five six years ago yeah and we're actually now going to introduce some single barrels in both rum and even gin wow and so we really want to just say like you can have distinctiveness in every category you just have to find it and hopefully we can introduce you to some really great brands, some really fun flavors. Have you ever had a uh, frigate reserve rum? No, I have not. I'm going to send you a sample. Oh yeah. Send him some of that. Oh, I'm down. I'm in. We, uh, we know those guys and um, did a podcast with them a long time ago, but they have a, uh, they're 21 year. They have like an eight. They discontinued one, but it's like eight, 15, 21. I think is what they have. Um, it is unreal. It's so good. It's from Panama. I mean, it is, it's old Don Poncho stuff and it's, it's fantastic. I don't know that they do single barrels, but we can ask. Yeah. yeah from, from Panama, we have a, a grander rum single barrel coming. I think it's a 10 year rum. And then we're also working with uh, a call rums and they, if you don't know them, they have a call chai rum, which is a, uh, uh, they distill chai tea and rum and they blend nice. it together and it is magnificent, but we're taking their rums, Angostura barrel finished in a port barrel. And it is just to die for. That sounds I'm taking so many notes. Yeah. Yeah. That I opened that like really last good. week and I was like, guys, how many, how many uh, crates or how many cases can I get? Cause this thing's awesome. Do they have it on there? Uh, no, it's, it's coming soon. So, okay. It will, uh, a call will actually hit probably the week after next. Um, so sneak preview. Um, and then grander should be about two or three weeks after that. All right. Well, this episode's coming out uh, the day before July 4th. So if you want some of that rum, 
you'll be looking at uh, next week, right? Yeah. Just go ahead and lock that in. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Well, we did an hour there. Is there anything that people should know about Reserve Bar or you or any, any plugs you want to do? Yeah, I think um, just if you're looking for something unique, um, you can always reach out to our customer service team and see when, let us know. I'm constantly looking for recommendations on on what we should be going after as far as single barrels. Um, and then we do have a SMS, SMS text that you can join where you get first access to every pick that we make. I was just doing our release calendar for the next year, uh, excuse me, for the rest of the year. And we have at least one new barrel coming out every week for the rest of the year. So it should be a really fun, fun ride for us all. Do you know that number? If not, we can find it and put it in the uh, description. Oh gosh. Uh, how many weeks are left? No, the uh, text number. Oh, the text number. Shoot. No, I do not. It's okay. We'll put it in the description. So I have failed. No, you're good. We was, uh, I didn't expect you to know it. I wouldn't know it. We'll put it in the uh, description of the podcast. So if, if you want it, it's in there. You can get it as well as links to reserve bar and specifically the top flight series collection page. Lots of good stuff in there. And I think you might be able to see stuff coming soon that uh, strikes a little closer to home. So that'll be fun. Absolutely. And if you're, uh, on release date, uh, you're a day after our rabbit hole release. And so I assume that's going to go fast, but uh, we won't start marketing for an extra two days. So you'll have a two day lead up on anybody else. Nice. nice. Very cool. Awesome. Well, that's a bunch of good heads up there. Rabbit hole, some good stuff as well. I'm excited about all of it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks well. for joining us, Lee. I appreciate all the, all the information, all the, the knowledge you dropped on us today. This is a, this is a great podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for yeah, we'll have to do this again. I know you're talking about you wanted to start a podcast as well. And we were saying, hey, anytime you want to come on here and uh, give some updates and let people know about single barrels that are coming out. Yeah, absolutely. I think the next time I'll shoot you guys a, a bottle or two, we can just crack them together and just have some fun. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah, we don't have to do a, we can do as much time or as little time as you want. It's just uh, I think it's a good stuff. And I think I want people to know about it because it's everybody loves single barrels, man. And they're hard to get, especially like you're scouring stores and driving around and trying to get it all. And there's a ton of good ones right here. I'm looking at them, and there's a bunch of them. Or you're dealing with clubs or that, you know, the same people making the same picks every time tend to be the same profile. Um, it, can, it can get monotonous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process sometimes. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, thanks, Lee. Thanks, everybody, for uh, watching. And we are listening, whatever you consume this podcast. And, again, you can use code podcast. Save 20% on everything at our store. You want to join Patreon? It's patreon.com slash whiskey and whitetails. Checks out on YouTube and all places, uh, social media. Go check out our new, our new reel or something. So, cool. Have a good day. Bye.